Hello, 49ers fans. It's 49ers fangirl Tracy here with SoCali Steph. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm good, Steph. How are you doing? Oh, just I'm getting over a tough week at work, but other than that, like, I'm pretty good. Good, and we had some excitement on Sunday. I know. A win. A win on the road in overtime. I mean, everything. Very exciting. Everything that we've been missing. Um, But we'll talk more about that in a bit. We're going to start with talking a little bit more about the news about Parag Marath. Am I saying that correct, Steph? Yeah. Okay. And how he was reassigned. His duties were reassigned, which was a very interesting move um, because a lot of people have felt like he was very inner circle in the organization and that he was the national media leaks or excuse Mm -hmm. me, national media leak. So it's a very interesting move and I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. Steph, what do you think? You know, it's hard to say. There's a lot of different theories out there. Um, I know that Prague was one of you know, Jed York's most trusted advisors. So it did take me aback when I heard the news. At the same time, I think it's interesting that I think it was um, Tim Kawakami who commented that he felt that, or had heard, or had a source, or something to that effect, that Prague was thought to be the major leaker. And I guess, I, you know, personally, I thought that was an interesting thing because... Prague, Prague may have been the leaker, and that's someone I've thought is the leaker for a long time. I've tweeted <laughs> it, I've written about it, but at the same time, Jed doesn't is not exactly a person that um, keeps his mouth shut. He talks to national reporters, so you know, in my viewpoint, I think he created a culture that was it's okay to talk to certain people about certain things as long as it puts the 49ers in a favorable light but when it comes to you know being you know totally forthright with the media or answering questions or you know laying out directions or any kind of thing like that he was always just tight lipped so I felt like he he would leak whatever he needed to do so long as it fit his purpose so I think he created that culture and then now Prague probably took that and ran with it. And now this, you know, it's just an interesting juxtaposition because maybe Prague said something he didn't want to be said. That's very possible. And I think also, as we've seen with this team, um, they're big on a scapegoat. So it's got to be somebody's fault. And you're, you're probably right. He probably said something he shouldn't have to someone he shouldn't have. And that was enough to quote unquote reassign him. Uh, and I think, you know, Prague was getting a lot of heat in the media, as you well know. And maybe this was the 49ers way of saying, see, we're doing something. Get off our back, we're doing something. I don't know that it changes much of anything, um, but it's an interesting move to be sure. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, things that were kind of swept under the rug and nobody talks about, and I'm not quite sure, but, like, Gideon Yu mm-hmm. was a major player in getting that whole stadium built, and then he became, you know, quote-unquote, a silent partner. And he was thanked and everything like that, but 
I don't think that he played in the same he didn't play Jed York's game and then he was gone and then in lieu of that then they quickly you know put Prague in there and then I just think that they're gonna turn around and just uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be very curious who gets this type of position I'd be shocked if they put someone new in it they're very you know tight lipped they're very and in the NFL in general it's basically who you know so it's probably gonna be someone Jed knows and evidently trusts and maybe is inspired by it. and I don't think that he's totally like let Prague out to dry I mean clearly he's running his he trusts him enough to run his family business but it's not like it was super pressing so it just leaves a lot of questions in my mind but seeing what happened to Gideon you and then seeing now Prague I just think that he has a direction and if not, and people aren't on that same path then they can leave and you know what? He is the boss, and so he gets <laughs> he gets to create that direction, and he gets to make those decisions, um, which I think is something else that bears discussing. He is the boss. He is the CEO of the organization. He's not going anywhere. And all of this, sign my petition to get rid of Jed York, right. the plane flying over the stadium. <laughs> I mean, fans are mad. I totally get it. They're angry. But he's not going anywhere, and none of this is going to do anything to change that. Completely agree, hundred percent. Like he's he's definitely not going anywhere, and he controls, or his parents control the major stuff, and he's not looking to sell. He's absolutely this is his team. He wants it. He wants to do this. He will not sell. He will not go anywhere. At the same time, I see why fans feel a certain way because. You know, I've lived in the Bay Area for a number of years, grew up in the Bay Area, and, you know, I think as fans, we feel a certain connection to the team. Like, this is our team, for whatever reason, even though we're we're not major, um, you know, we don't own it, but <laughs> we feel like we do. No, you know, it's, in a certain of course. And, you know, because we take on that identity, you know, that we, we wear that jersey, we represent that team, and I think that you know, we want to be heard at some point. And I think that's what's happening is that they don't, it doesn't feel like the 49ers organization is hearing the fans. And I think while I understand that, I don't think, I think fans need to, I don't know, maybe I'm just sick of hearing like the fire Jed York stuff because he cannot be fired. It's right. impossible. <laughs> he <laughs> is the owner. As much as, as much as we as fans see things that we would like to change, He's not getting fired. So, no. but at the same time, and I will caution Jed York because I do think you know, I, you know, I've watched a lot of bad seasons at Candlestick in a crappy stadium, and a lot of bad games and a lot <laughs> of bad players, and we all went through the whole Alex Smith, you know, mm-hmm. years, and before that, the Singletary years and the Nolan years, and I, I don't know, I've never felt quite like this because I feel like it's a little bit of a slap in the face and I tweeted that the other day because I felt like the product that they weren't that they were you know that was in front of us just wasn't very good and when I lose like it's just I mean up until that OT you know it really wasn't I don't know it just didn't seem like the product was very good it was I almost felt like turning the channel and that's 
the first time I felt that in a long time. And I think that if Jed is knows business well enough, he should listen to his stockholders and that's you know shareholders and that's the people that do have the licenses, you know the seat licenses. So I think he needs to find a way at some point to get back in contact with the fans. But I think the fans need to lay off and try to, you know, get an equal ground, too. So it's not so blatant. He's not getting fired. He's not going anywhere. And I think that he needs to realize that the fans aren't going anywhere and they're not going to stop until they get a better product. So I think this is what we have here in front of us. It's a standstill. (laughs) (laughs) It's a total standstill. And I think... You know, there are a lot of things he's done that I'm obviously very, very unhappy with and definitely am a fan who feels like he doesn't listen and doesn't care, even though I know in my heart he does. And I don't think anything has been done with malice. But I also feel like at a certain point, as a business owner, you have to look at what you're doing. And sometimes it's okay to have been wrong and say you were wrong and figure out a way to fix it as opposed to say, I don't I don't talk to anybody during football season. Yeah. About football, which was a very, which was a very interesting comment. Uh, I thought that was. I don't talk during football season about football, so that was interesting to me. Um, and I, but I think those are the things that people see and hear and read, and that's also kind of what angers people because as fans, all we do during football season is talk about football, right. and you would like to think that your owner does too and and at least cares i mean i think even if he just was that came out and said i understand the frustration of the fans i'm frustrated what's with what's been going on too but please trust that i'm i'm trying to do like the put the best product out there i mean at least it would be something i'm sure he'd get slammed for that too but at least it would be some sort of acknowledgement that there's frustration and that he sees it absolutely and he needs to like I said, connect with the fans on some sort of basis because, you know, him going AWOL and, you know, your team's 4-8, and eight, you need to say little things. You need to talk to the media. And the little tweets are just come off very condescending and annoying. Like, any, any other circumstance, yeah, that was a fun win. But for whatever reason, it strikes people the wrong way. It's like, <laughs> I think it's a little, like, self-serving like hey yeah we're winning and we're like wait that wasn't like a good win that wasn't you know something you build on that was you know it was fun but it wasn't something that was like totally spectacular so while I'm glad they win and I'm you know I'm glad that they you know he's happy about that win um just some of and maybe it's just the perception that he gets off is that it's a little self-serving so I'm hoping that Jed York will eventually come to a place where he can talk to fans. And I don't think Jed York is a bad guy. I don't think he's, like, purposefully driving the team into, like, this abyss and this hole just to make money and all those things. I just don't. Um, I agree with you 100% on that. I I just think that would be ridiculous because an owner wants their team to do well, and I think he wants – you know, that glory. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, if I was the owner of the football team, I'd be like, Super Bowl or bust. And that's what he's told us. And so I, I doubt that that's the way he's going. And I 
will never say that Jed York is trying to tank because I just don't believe it. It doesn't, doesn't ring true to me. Um, otherwise, we would have seen a loss, you know, a few other losses, it seems, that where they should have been losses. So to me, I just think that he does want to win. He may have made some bad decisions, and we've had injuries. There's been a lot of things. I mean, sometimes teams have bad football seasons, and this is especially bad. But there's been a lot of change. I mean, not only just the head coach, but the players and, you know, a lot of retirements and uh, a lot of injuries, the new stadium, new coaching staff. Like, we could go on and on about how anyone would be nuts to think that they could pull off, like, and I didn't think that they were necessarily going to, you know, go to the playoffs, but I thought that they were going to – I thought they were going to be a mediocre team. I didn't think that they were going to be on the slow of the end of the spectrum, and I don't think Jed Dwork did either. Well, and what's interesting, if you look at the remaining four games, they could actually end up going 7-9. and nine. <laughs> I know that that is a crazy thought, but um, you look at the no, remaining – they could. They could. I mean, they're playing – so they played the Browns on Sunday – and I believe right now the Browns are favored by one and a half points. But they play the Browns on Sunday, who is also a team who is a dysfunctional mess. In some ways, maybe even more so yeah. um, than the 49ers. Um, the Browns are 2-8. and eight. That's I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but that's a, a potential win. Then they play Cincinnati. That's probably not going to be a win. Um, and then they play Detroit. That's a potential win. Yes. And then they play the Rams, who were, though they beat us handily the last time, <laughs> have nosedived. Um, yeah, they're not the same team. No, they're definitely not. And, so, And neither are we. I mean, we're no. the 49ers. No, we're not. And I will say, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit to the game the other day, yes, it was not, it was really not a great game till the overtime. But I have to say, like, all of a sudden... I kind of saw them start to play with a little heart. I mean, I I tweeted at some point, and I like it was my pessimism got the best of me that I was like, they're not going to get a touchdown. They're not even going to going to get a first down in this next two and a half minutes. And then next thing I know, Blaine Fast Feet Gabbert is running forty four yards for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, I kind of felt like a little bit of my that excitement that I felt had been beaten out of me for so long come back. Where I was like, oh, my God. And then it was overtime. And then he threw that pat. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my, they won this game. And there was there was some heart in there. Totally. I mean, that pass to Torce Smith, I mean, I, I had no words. Like, if he can do that, there's something to be said for that. And I'm like, well, hey, you know, maybe, you know, I got that one wrong, which wouldn't be the first time. Mm-hmm. Albeit rare. <laughs> <laughs> there was that one other time. That just that so one other time. Mark the date. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, what I'm just saying is that uh, that was unbelievable. And I love that he threw it. And I love that he banked on Tori being there. And maybe, you know, that is what, you know, that they saw. And maybe if he could build on that and get some confidence. You know, maybe this is the right move, as crazy as I thought it would be, you know? So it made me happy. It was very fun. It was very exciting. Um, I am I would die of laughter if we actually, remember, we predicted an 8-8. Eight eight. Yes. Plus, that would be funny. 
<laughs> I was thinking about the, that on Sunday. I was like, wow. I mean, I got to say, if they if they end up finishing 7-9, and nine, I'm going to consider it, from where they started, I'm going to consider yes. it a success. I really, I'm going to consider it a success. And in terms of Mr. Gabbert, you know, it, it pains me to say you know that. I think anybody that listens to this knows that. But he he looks like a perfectly adequate quarterback. I mean, he's he's doing fine. I mean, granted, up until that end of the fourth quarter, he was not exactly having a spectacular game. Yeah, he had like good and bad, bad moments. But I'm seeing good moments where I thought I would see none, to be honest. Right. Um, and I'm seeing where he certainly has improved since his Jacksonville days. And I see him make plays. And I see him make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And he, I have a lot more confidence. And I think with a healthy, good offensive line, a more seasoned defense, a healthy Carlos Hyde, I, if he continues on this path and he was the week one starter next year, I would not be devastated by that. And I used to have a joke, and this is horrible, but I used to have a joke that the only person that wanted to see Blaine Gabbard out there less than I did was Blaine Gabbard. And clearly, I was wrong. (laughs) And he's, I mean, he's really proven, he's definitely proven me wrong. (laughs) He's proven... Yeah, he's proven a lot of people wrong. A lot of people wrong, and I, um, I would like to say sorry, Blaine Gabbard, because you've been doing, he's been doing pretty well. I mean, yes, he still has those moments, but... He's working through it. Yeah, and there was even early in the game, and I I tweeted this too, that was a beautiful drive, you know, that touchdown drive where the very first one, mm-hmm. it was succinct, it was quick, he used his time, he, yeah, no, it was just a pretty nice drive, like probably one of the best drives I've seen the 49ers make in recent history, like... No, he you're just right. went down the field, and I was like, wow. You know, to just – and yes, we're playing the Bears, and I understand that. But they're – you know, they're not totally shabby you no, know, in they, every area. And I just thought, wow, like, they just took it down on the field. I was impressed um, because that was clearly from an offensive standpoint for going against somebody who knows our offense – you know, who has a very good defensive mind, you know, Vic Mhm. Mm-hmm. I was I was impressed. I was I was impressed as well. And I will see, you know, the Bears were coming off three out of four wins and off a huge win in Green Bay. I mean that's huge. So the Bears they're not they're not they're not fantastic, but they're they're not terrible. It was a road win we hadn't had a road win all season. Our defense looked good on the road. I mean, they certainly looked better. Um, I can't believe it took 13 games for our first pick six, but we got it. Congratulations, right. Jimmy Ward. Um, yeah, finally. So that was very exciting. Um, but I, I had a little hope in this team. And hopefully on this Sunday afternoon, I won't be like, what? Why, guys? Why do you do this to me? Just when you, you pick me up, you... Me out, but there there was heart, and you. The other thing that you do see um, is that his player, like Gabbard's teammates, like him and play for him and trust him. They do. The, you know they they trust him to make the throw. You can see that he trusts his receivers. I think that this could 
be a good fit for now. I'm not saying he's like the franchise quarterback of the future because he certainly hasn't shown shown me that. Um, but it might work for now. I mean, as, as we've said before and as everybody said, it's Alex Smith-esque. Yeah, and, you know, at first, like, when I saw all those, you know, Blaine Gabbert pictures from 49ers.com and stuff, like, I was like, this is propaganda. They're trying <laughs> to make me like him. And, <laughs> and then don't show them together. How do you know they're even friends, you know? Uh-huh. But at the same time, you have to see that he's still been on the team for two years. You know, you know them as people. And I'm sure that there's more to life than football on the team. And Mm -hmm. they are friendly with Blaine and like they, you know, make friends with this guy and respect this guy. So, you know, that's kind of cool that they're able to do that, to work with whomever they're given and give everybody a shot and stand together as a team. So, you know, I'm proud of them for that. I don't know if I'd be so... Nice. <laughs> well, and yeah. I, I think for them, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, like I think we, the universal, we forget like it's their, it's their business and it's kind of like the same thing. If like, if you're working at a firm and someone that maybe you really liked was forced out and the person that replaced them, it wasn't his fault or her fault. Um, and you work with that person too. I mean, you know, it's like, it's different, but it is the same. I think it's a business, it's professional and you know, it's, and I think I've been, and I clearly don't play for the 49ers, which is a fact (laughs) that has been sad for me my entire life, but I do not play for them, nor will I. Uh, but you know, it was, I was certainly guilty of kind of holding it against Scabbert and, it's it's not his fault. Um, and it's funny, I was thinking the other day, too, this must be what the really big Alex Smith fans felt like. And it wasn't yeah. Kaepernick's fault. It wasn't his decision. He didn't... All he did was play well and win games. Um, and it's, like, part of the business. I think, you know, it's been very hard for me, and as you know, I've written on it, we've talked about it, it's how the 49ers as an organization have handled the Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick situation and what they've done. But that's not Blaine's fault, just like it right. wasn't Colin's fault. Absolutely. And so I think this is, by the way, a really big moment for me to admit all this. <laughs> but Yeah, I feel, you know, because for a long time I felt like I was cheating on Cap because I, you know, have to cheer for Blaine. You know, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I let this. You know, and everyone can disagree with me all they want, but Colin Kaepernick is a stand-up person. He's a good person with a lot of values and... I think the world of him. So I don't know. I felt like I, you know, in a sense you want the next person to say, Oh yeah, you're wrong. You know, you want to be the person that says, I told you so you're wrong, but it, you know, it doesn't change anything about Kaepernick, but you know, at the same time, I think that he doesn't fit in the system anymore. Mm-hmm. He is not whatever relationship he had with the 49ers and is definitely past. I think he's definitely gone. I think he's going to be the hottest, one of the hottest free agents next, you know, year. Uh And I wish him absolutely the best and no hard feelings, you know, on my end. Just like I had no hard feelings when Alex went elsewhere. Uh And if they trade him, that's, you know, whatever. You know, that's, that's just the business part of it. But if he goes elsewhere, you know, I think he's, 
going to be just fine. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll also end up doing really well. Me too. I really do. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. And it, it's kind of funny because um, two days after he was benched, there was a picture of on Instagram um, of him at an event for a, a company, I think a watch company he does endorsements for. And he was like, talk. it was a candid shot. And he was talking to someone. He had this huge smile on his face. And I was like, okay, he looks to me like he's going to be okay. I'm like devastated and so upset and don't know who to root for or where my loyalties lie. I'm like, you know what? He's a professional and he's a human. And he's, as you said, he's a good person with good values. And as he has said over and over again, with or without football, he'll be fine. He will have football in his life. There's no doubt in my mind. It's just not going to be in San Francisco, but he's going to be fine. And you know, and, it's going to be okay. But I think it's kind of what we talked about earlier is fans. We feel so connected. Yes. And it's just, I think sometimes it can be harder for us. And that's why we just have a tendency to take everything personal. Mm-hmm. We've had a tendency to say, Oh my gosh. And, and feel entitled to make some sort of decisions when we really don't know <laughs> all <laughs> the, you know, mm-hmm. the going on. And we don't, we don't know what's happening, like all the different things that are happening. And we're probably told like a fraction of what, who's really injured, who's not injured. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know at all. And we tend to think we do because we follow the team so close, we, closely. We care about them, you know, immensely. And it, it's, it's hard as fans, but I don't know. Personally, I'm getting sick of the whole fire Jed York mantra and I'm getting sick of and I've asked people not to tag me in posts. Like, mm-hmm. if I, against Jed York, I might be able to say whatever I want or say that I disagree with the decision, but I don't think he's a bad person or evil or, you know, some, you know. He's not. Awful. Yeah, it just... He's not, you know, Satan like somebody. No, said. he is not Satan. I've seen people say things where I'm like, okay. I mean, we are talking about football here, people. Come on, let's get a little bit of perspective. Um, and you know, Sean Drone had a quote the other day uh, in an article by Eric Branch where he was because he's been cut so many times from different teams, and he's, you know, and he said, you know, at the end of the day, I get to play in front of thousands of people, and I get paid a lot of money to do it whenever I get to do it. So whatever else I deal with it. And it's, you know, we, there is some perspective and it is football. Um, I'm not, I'm not taking away anything from the gravity of the fact that we as fans are frustrated. I'm not saying that, but when I see comments like he's Satan <laughs> burn in hell, there is that part of it's like, let's get a little perspective on what we're talking about here. Yeah. It just it's seems also the internet. It is the internet. The inter- anonymity gives people carte blanche to say whatever they want. Crazy. It's the, the beauty of the interwebs. Um, that's why you have the you have the block button. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's you know I get that too, where people will I'll, like they'll quote a tweet and then they'll tag him, and I'm like, why are you what what? Why are we doing? I didn't say that. <laughs> that's you know. Well, I do say it, but I'm like I'd like to talk behind his back like a normal person. That was actually one of my favorite tweets that you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, you guys! Like, really, you know? So, and and and, and I'm shocked he hasn't blocked me yet. But I'm really hoping he doesn't, because you know, Jed York has has treated me very well, and he has 
um, I want a fan contest. I know he cares about fans. And up in Seattle, I've seen his dad, you know, giving out towels to fans. I know they care about fans. I just think that um, for whatever reason, it's not gone that way. And maybe it's bad decision making. Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it's a combination of the both of the things. But I don't think that they're, you know, have some bad motives against fans. And I, I think people need to realize that they do care about the fans and it's hard to understand it at this point, but we don't, we don't know it all. And we think we do, but we don't. No, we don't. And the man is not Satan because he fired Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Um, And we don't know it all. And we're not there every day. And that is, I think, always a good thing to remind ourselves. We don't know what it's like. We don't know what it was like with Jim Harbaugh in the building. We don't know. (laughs) Like, no idea. um, So, you know, I think, I think that was a very poignant thing that you said. Yeah. So both 49ers. Go 49ers. So I'm going to ask you now, we have four games left. What is your prediction of what the record will end up being? I think we're going to go seven and nine and oh, maybe eight and eight. Cause I do think that they have a chance against the Bengals. As weird as that sounds. It doesn't. Uh, I do. It doesn't sound weird. Just just to be contrarian, I'll go seven and nine. I won't give them eight and eight. But listen, if they go eight and eight, I mean, I might have some sort of like end of season partay. (laughs) I just want you to know that. We're going to be like, eight and eight. We said it here. Yep. You heard it here first. Yay. All right, everybody. Well, we will talk to you next week, hopefully after a victory over the Cleveland Browns. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 